Hello, hello, and welcome back to For Book's Sake. I am Heather Roberts. I am Veronica Adams, and together we are 1852 Media. We are. And today, I thought it was worth talking about ethics in the publishing industry. I think it's what always is it? worth worth talking about ethics in the publishing industry. We've talked yeah. about this before, but, you know, I feel like we need a whole episode yeah. where we just talk about what is ethical. And <laughs> here's the thing. What is ethical and what is legal are two completely separate things. 100%. People need to stop thinking that ethics equals law or legal right. because it doesn't. There are plenty of shady practices mm-hmm. that are a touch unethical or totally unethical that are completely legal. So completely irrelevant backstory from my days yeah. practicing law. And email me if you want the details on this. I'll be happy to share all the tea with you. But I worked for a gentleman who some years after I left my employment with him, ended up in a very aggressive dispute with the Florida bar. And their attorneys reached out to me. I had to give some evidence and make a statement about some of my work for him. But as part of their investigation, they ended up taking his license permanently. He is completely disbarred for all time, can never be a lawyer in the state of Florida anymore. He never went to jail for any of the things that he did that caused them to take away his law license. Because there's a difference between what is ethical and what is criminal or legal. Completely different. So... And as a great example, because as an attorney, you have a board that governs what's ethical. Yes. And you can have your ability to practice law taken from you if you act in a way that is not ethical. Right. Right. The publishing industry has no such governance. The publishing industry has zero... hmm. It's the Wild (laughs) West out here, y'all. Like, just... Find your six shooters and do your best because from one person and one retailer and one reader to the next, your mileage is going to vary. There just really aren't any rules outside of basic intellectual property law, contract law, and terms of service for yeah. various platforms and retailers. That's it. That's all That's you it. got. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you are acting in a, in a way that's not ethical, yeah. But it's still within the confines of the law and the terms of service. Yep. You are free to continue to act that shittily. Yeah. I mean, you're allowed if you're, to do if it. If, if your biscuits are burned about people acting that way, there's really not a whole lot you can do other no. than just not buy their books or do business with them. And you can complain about it, absolutely. And sure. you can vent about it, uh, which many authors have done. Uh, you can put them on blast. You can put them on blast about it and let people know that they're participating in this activity that you find mm-hmm. to be shady. This person owes me money. This person didn't edit my book when they said they were going to. This person used AI to design my cover after promising they wouldn't. Whatever it is you're upset about, you're yeah. allowed to go out into the town square and ring your bell and tell everybody what they did or didn't do that they were supposed to or not supposed to. Right. That's That's part of the free market. That's part of the free market. But if they didn't break a contract with you and if they are following all terms of service and the guidelines and the laws provided by your, the state and the federal government, Mm -hmm. there's not much else that can be done. So let's talk about some certain circumstances that have cropped up. 
Yes. That uh, we can we can apply here that has recently applied. So one of the things that has cropped up is TikTok accounts. Okay. There are individuals out there, companies, shall we say, also individuals who you can pay to make 25, 50 TikTok accounts for you on a variety of different phones. You can have, you can have up to five accounts per device. So that's straight, that's straight from TikTok's terms of service right there. Yeah. So that anybody saying that you can only have one account and one creator, so, that's just not accurate. I've got an iPad. I've got an iPhone. I've got my desktop computer. I've got my husband's iPad. I've got my husband's iPhone. I've got my husband's laptop. I've got 30 TikToks account, 30 TikToks account right I, I think it's me today. Is yeah, it Friday? It's Friday. Oh my lord! I have I think there have to be TikTok accounts right there, just on those devices in my home right now. And I think they have to be related to a phone number or a email address. So okay. you have to like, I have a million email addresses. I'm sure you do yeah, too. I do. I do. You know, my family members have different phone numbers. If I wanted to, I could go and create accounts on their, you know, sure. thing. Sure. Anyway, or you can go by burner phones, which is what a lot of people do. Go, well, you know, pay-as-you-go phones, burner phones, whatever. Pay-as-you-go phones. You sound so criminal when you say that. I know. I watch way too much Investigation Discovery. But that's neither here nor there. You can purchase these phones. You can create these TikTok accounts. Yeah. And you can post about your book all day long on these accounts. It is not against TikTok's terms of service at this particular juncture. For you to do so. Nothing that I've read or seen. If it exists, please tell me. I don't want to speak out of pocket, but I have not seen anything that would prevent someone from going out and doing this. Right. Now, obviously, since it is a loophole that currently exists, somebody is going to market or capitalize upon that loophole. Sure. And is going to offer their services to do this at a heightened rate mm-hmm. to, to do this for authors. And People well, are. The, the, the marketing here is, is super straightforward, right? The idea is that the more accounts you have, the more times you can push out the same TikToks or additional TikToks. You right. upload videos to multiple channels. There's an increased chance that one of them is going to go viral and get you a really great return on, on book marketing yep. and sales. Like, This is not any different than Facebook and passion pages, as we used mm, to call them. Yeah. I have... A lot of passion pages. Vanity pages. I Vanity call pages. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Pages in which you are not saying that you are behind the page, that it's, mm-hmm. you know. It's set I up love to look books. like a brand. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, I love romance or romance book lovers or whatever. Romantic then, thrillers are us. Yeah. And yeah. then you're pushing out your promotional content on those pages. Yep to the followers and yeah. Increasing the likelihood that you get organic views on, on the metaverse on Facebook and Instagram. This is just an extrapolation of that. Yeah. It's the TikTok version of it. It's the TikTok version of that. We've been doing it for years. Yes. (laughs) Every promotional company has been doing it for years. Yes. Every author I know has multiple passion pages. Mm, Maybe not every author. Almost every author. I would say half of the authors we work with minimum have not just their own author branded channels across all platforms, but at least one or two vanity or passion branded things to help support their social media marketing efforts. 
This is not an uncommon practice is I guess what we're trying to say. This is very common. And so now people are getting upset that this person is this shady. Yeah. It's a little shady. I'm not going to, I can't say here, this is authentic and forward facing and transparent. It's not, it's not. But, and is it, then taking it one step further where you're paying somebody to do this and then post a million times a day. Mm -hmm. And it does, it can clog, especially TikTok. It can sort of clog the algorithms and make them think that something is popular when it's not popular. Um, That never really happened as much on Facebook. Like it wasn't, I don't know. It it was, I guess it, I guess it could have happened, but I just feel like the algorithms are different completely in such a way. Facebook with the page environment now, like that entire system separate from like your personal profile and groups, but like pages yeah. is now almost exclusively pay to play anyway. So oh, unless you're advertising or boosting, your pages are not useless, but they're certainly not as helpful as they used no. to be. That's not the case on TikTok. You still That's have real right. organic reach in the algorithm for all of these like which is why people are doing it. Right. Because, because it's it free. Works. And it doesn't violate the terms of service. Yes. So, yes, we can absolutely, if if TikTok finds that you're an inauthentic, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, whatever their bots are doing, to say that you shouldn't have your account, you know, sure, shut it down. Yeah. Right. And it actually wouldn't be the worst to have some of this cracking down. Right. Because sure. we want, TikTok wants more authentic uh, representations on their platform. Yeah. Totally valid. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm also not, you know, making 25 TikTok accounts to, to push out stuff. Right. Cause it, whatever you say, that is a job. That is, oh, that's full that time. And then some fucking work, my for friends. Sure. For sure. So what you're paying the person for is the work and it is not for the, the faint of heart. It is, yeah hours upon hours every single day. Even if you have four or five accounts, you're looking at probably three hours a day. Minimum. Minimum posting. So let's just say that is that is a job. Yeah. But yeah, people are upset about that. And yeah, I, I get why you're upset. I, I, I totally understand why you're upset, it, but also- It's not entirely above board in terms of the information that's being provided to you as the TikTok user. Right. You're gaming the system, but you can game the system. Even when things were not against or were against terms of service, people still gamed the system. Oh, like, girl, get them. Get them. I mean, Kindle Unlimited, let's talk about that for oh, example. Oh, the book stuffers. Book stuffers. There was a time- when the new book that was maybe five to 10,000 words uh-huh. would be at the end of a book. So you would open up a book, a brand new release, and there would be eight to 10 books <laughs> prior to the new release. Yep. So you would have to flip through all of the pages of those eight to 10 books before you got to the new release. And Amazon's algorithm is counting every single page toward the earnings of the person who published that title. So that was book stuffing. So when you literally stuff the book full of prior releases, because you don't 
you don't care if they read the prior releases. You don't care if they've purchased the prior releases. Right. You give zero fucks what they do with that prior release, mm -hmm. except for the fact that they flip through it to get to your new release yep. so that you get paid for all of those page reads. Yeah. That, that is 100% in violation of Amazon's terms of yes. service for the Kindle Unlimited program. And there are some very heavy hitters out there who no longer have Amazon publishing privileges because they're the ones who were yes. behind. Or were some of the largest violators At of the this particular violators. term of service. Yes. And you can now only buy their Kindle versions directly from them. Yes. So, so that, that was book stuffing. And that, I believe, was against their terms of service when they were actively doing it. Yeah. Yes. They just was. didn't think that they were ever going to get caught because they were so popular. This well, not particular... only that, but you think there are so many books on the market, right? And right. as saturation continues, and more and more people self-publish and more people publish additional books after giving it a go, there are so many books out there. You think Amazon's not going to catch me. Mm. Well, Ama I know. And Amazon has since changed the way that they count page reads yes. and pay for page reads because of this. Uh, because this, of the page stuff. Nice things, people ruin yeah. it. This is why we can't have nice things. So, I guess my point: this has existed in the publishing industry since the beginning of time, yeah, and shall exist until the end of time. Yes, because humans are going to human, and are going to try to game the system okay. as it exists, and then people the the system, if you will, the terms of the the retailers. Mm -hmm. The social media platforms are going to constantly have to put up blocks right. to limit these types of manipulations of their system, Yes, which is going to then have effects on people who are just using the system as it was intended to be used. This is, this is the internet. This is since the beginning of inter the internet, that's what we've been dealing with. So it's a little Pandora's box we've opened up and now we're I just know. all out here trying to do our best to make it work. I know. But that that is an example that has cropped up this week that, you know, do I love it? I don't personally think it's lovely. I don't love it. I mean, but I, do I, I begrudge I'm people? Who are... I, I'm a little more laissez-faire about it, right? Like, uh, yeah. I... And maybe it's because of what we do all day in our business model and how we support authors. But like, I have researched so many different TikTok accounts for purposes of supporting my clients. Right. To the point where uh, I've found almost as many like vanity or passion accounts where the content is exclusively for one author. In some cases, the content oh, yeah. is exclusively for one book. Yeah. And then it got dumped like a year and a half ago after the release window closed and nobody's using it anymore. It was just for one book. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little jaded about it. I'm like, well, you know, like it, this has been going on since book talk really became a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, until TikTok changes the terms of service. No, I'm in it's agreement going to continue with you. happening. So, Absolutely. I, I don't seriously get bent out of shape about it personally. I don't, but I don't personally get bent out of shape about it either. I can just recognize that, like, I can understand how somebody, yeah, doesn't love it. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's it's allowable. Yes. It's, it's permissive. Allowable. It's permissive. So you can not like it. No. But 
I just, the reason I don't particularly like it is because I think about all the work that goes behind maintaining one of those accounts or 20 of those accounts. And that to me is like onerous. That's, Mm -hmm. that's insane. 100%. And I can understand, you know, the clogging of authentic reviews and, and whatever. If we lived in an ideal world, there was a, there would be a lot of things that would change. Okay. I would throw this in there. Right. But we don't live in an ideal world. Right. So here we are. Um, And so if you're going to do these types of practices, as long as they're permissible by the platform in which you're doing them, go ahead. People are going to be upset with you for doing it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you just have to understand that people are upset about everything. You can't do anything. Like it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to piss somebody off. Correct. Speaking of pissing people off and the craziness of no, did you see, I'm, I'm name dropping here only because this is terrible. What happened to her? Clarissa Wilde. Yes. Yes. Did you see this? Girl, girl had a week this week. And for those of you who are listening, we dropped this episode a week after we recorded it. So this is two weeks ago now, if you're hearing this in real time. Yes. Yes. This is February 9th yeah. on the day Cla- in which we are recording. Yes. Clarissa so had a week this week. She had a week. She had a book that was, I don't even think this was a new release. This was a release that's been up for like. I think it was a backlist book, yeah. A backlist book. It's been up mm-hmm. for a while. And she was targeted by people who don't like taboo books. She writes dark romance, taboo romance, mm-hmm. and uh, complained enough to Amazon to have her book removed from Amazon. Mm-hmm. She was at 108 in the Kindle store when her book was taken off Amazon. Yeah. Think about that. This megacorp is making oodles and gobs of money hand over fist on this book. And they still decided to deplatform it because of a bunch of reports that it violated their terms of service based on content. She was without notice or warning. Like they didn't even give her her an opportunity to correct this. It was just, the book was there selling well, making both Clarissa and Amazon some money. And then it wasn't. And poor Clarissa. I mean, she was, she was making money. This is Clarissa. My understanding, she's a full-time author. This is her livelihood. Yes. And so she, this isn't her side hustle or her part-time dream. This is what she does all day, every day. And so she was making a living Mm -hmm. with a product that finally, after Mm -hmm. however long it's been on the market, was getting some viral traction, was about to hit the top 100 in the Amazon store which you then can put, you know, Amazon top 100 in your product description, which yep. markets your book in a more positive light to potential new readers. Also, the money that you're making for these page reads, purchases, and all of that that yes. goes into yes. getting your the book amount, to the top 100. The amount of royalties thousands you're of dollars. Top, yes, daily, daily, daily thousands 100. of dollars. Yes. And just to have that ripped away from her. Uh-huh. because people targeted her. Well, and the the only resolution that was available to her was basically for her readers and her street team to do the exact same thing in reverse yeah. and basically inundate Amazon and their customer support with requests that they restore the book because it was yeah. taken down unfairly and that there really was not a violation and that Clarissa was targeted. And it took, I don't know how many people reaching out to Amazon for her for but, Amazon to finally listen, review the content, and republish the book. Yeah. 
And they did republish, which they shocked, did. frankly, that shocked me. I know because they, most, it had most to of have, the time they do not reverse those decisions. That had to have been book talk showed up for her in a yeah, way. See, this is when book talk is good, right? They showed up for her. Book talk is always good, Heather. What are you talking no. about? But you know, people always say like, oh, they're so drama fest. They blah, 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 blah. But they can have real life consequences in a positive way to people. Okay. And this is one of those situations that really helped her because she put out a plea on TikTok and I, they, they had to have received a lot of emails because they don't just reverse those decisions for a handful or 20. Right complaints well this is, that a, book this is, is not a, a problem with amazon's publishing system too and i don't i don't know how the industry gets around it because authors get bullied and oh, publishers yeah. get bullied by amazon all the time and you're at their mercy because of their market share I, you know most authors cannot really produce a solid pay their bills and make a living income off of royalties without Amazon in the mix somewhere. In right. most cases, it's the majority of the income authors make. Yeah. And they I, allow people to spam them with these. I mean, this is just trolling or bullying Clarissa. Oh, 100%. Well, do you see that she found the posts? In oh, the Facebook she did. Group. Oh, yeah. This oh, is I legit. Had, this, this is an update I I was unaware of. Oh, yeah. So there were two so what posts. Happened? She found the posts where people were like putting a call out to like take her books down. Okay. So there is a group on the Book of Faces. Because. Of, yes. Because of course there is. Because of course there is. There is it. And this group has unfortunately been taken over. It has been hacked. Mm-hmm. So the original the original group creators were hacked and they were removed as admins of this group. Okay. Okay? There is apparently no admin of this group. It's just a free for all. It is a free for all public group. And so this person posted anonymously, usually in a Facebook group, the admins of the group can see who they are. Right? Because even if but you post no anonymously, admin. there's no admins. So this person posts anonymous participant for hashtag taboo troubles for the taboo authors and taboo readers. Since you all want to be so petty, who wants me to spill some more secrets? Psst, I'm not one person. I'm two winky face. I'm also not the only person involved in this process to remove these particular authors Mutual author friends, PAs, and trusted street team members were all were a part of this all. Keep waiting and watching. And then there was a so, second wait, post. Wait, 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 wait. So like there's a little mini anonymous out there running around the book world yes. now? Yes. There's a second post that says, bye-bye, taboo authors. By now, you will have realized your physical copies have been banned completely. Have fun finding somewhere new now that you're banned from two sites. The less that share this filth, the better, LOL. I wish the other OP had left their post up. I could have offered them so many more authors to go after next. KB is tiny compared to other authors who have been in the industry far longer. They're a cancerous disease and they need to be stopped. If you want names, simply ask and I will deliver. KB. 
I don't know who KB is. Clearly somebody that has been targeted. And this was for, this was right at the same time that her book was. You want to talk about ethics in the publishing industry. This is the shit that's unethical. Oh, hundred percent. This is what's unethical. That's why I wanted to bring it up. If you have to hide behind a throwaway account or anonymous posting or a screen name that can't be traced back to you and you're out here running a smear campaign because you are opposed to a certain kind of content. Like, like be a grown up. Come out here and show your face, cowards. Right. And the fact like, that they're doing this with trusted street team members, like what? You want to talk about betrayal? Like if that's if that's legit. See, to me, that sounds like grandstanding and puffery, right? Like it does. We're so it does. badass that we infiltrated an author's street team, and like the people this author trusts aren't really as trustworthy as they think they are. But it it just really sounds like outright lies honestly it does but i put put very little credence in in the veracity of that but i do feel like that there are the these people are out there trying to actively take down these taboo authors so there's there's a level of truth right yeah i mean as much as i don't believe that this is anything more than puffery it also occurs to me that it's entirely possible that people are joining street teams for the exact purpose of doing this. Not because they want to support the authors. Right. But because they want to participate in their downfall. This is what's shitty about the industry. Yeah. If we want to be concerned about something, we should be concerned about this. For sure. And I can't tell you how many times I, I've had clients talk to me about this. And I've seen it in real time where an author will release a book and immediately get one and two starred. Yes. That there's no rhyme or reason. Yes. You, there's no way that person read the book in that short a period of right. time. Mm-hmm. They didn't receive an arc. And they're just being one and two star review bombed because for whatever reason, that person has made it their life's mission mm-hmm. to just hate books yep. and hate on these authors. I actually went back through one client um, I was talking to this week was upset about it. Valid. I mean, it's a sure. valid. And so I was trying to figure out, like, can I track who this person is? Like, who is this troll? Right. And so I go into Goodreads and I found two people that had reviewed her book, read and reviewed on the day that it released. Allegedly. Which is totally possible, but also seems suspect. So I click on their account on Goodreads because you can go back and do this on Goodreads. On, On Amazon, it was anonymous. It was just a rating. Of course. But on Goodreads, you can see who does this. So I clicked on their account and every single book that they have read is one or two stars. Occasional three star thrown in. I was like, why are you reading? Why do you read books then? If every single book you hate everything you quote unquote read. Well, yeah, they're not okay. reading. So some people like this is just what they do. They are miserable and they don't know how not to spew misery and pessimism and criticism everywhere they go. I have some relatives, unfortunately, who fall into this category and they're difficult to deal with because every time you see them, it's always just the sky is falling and everything is bad. And I have nothing positive to put out into the world because I like myself so very little. Right. (sighs) These people need therapy. They do. And I don't think that they're reading all of these books. I think that they have made it their mission in life to just make other people feel as miserable as they feel. 
100%. And so they go in one and two star books. Well, and you, you can know, see that they've read and reviewed like four books in one day. Right. And I'm like, did you now? Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, some of it's probably jealousy too. Right. But there is that whole Kate Cor- Corin. Is that how you said that same Kate situation? Corrin, Kate Corin. Kate Corin, yeah. yeah. Where she made all of those fake Goodreads accounts and essentially did this, review bombed her fellow authors. And um, yeah, it's just why? Why do people do this? I I will never understand that. But that's not ethical. No, 100% and not. really crappy. Now, posting multiple reviews a day, I suppose if you read, let's say you read two books a day. Totally possible. And you wait until Fridays to post your reviews. Okay, fair. You can have 14 reviews to share every Friday if you're reading two a day. You could. That did not seem to be the pattern of this particular account. Right. Okay. Well, benefit of the doubt addressed. (laughs) Yes. Just saying. A little bit of a... this This is some shady shit. It's shady shit. And there's nothing that an author can do to stop it. Right. There's nothing that can prevent this from happening. No. And the social media platforms are not going to intervene here. No. Hell, I reported somebody for a racist comment earlier this week that was very clearly racist. And I won't get into the details of it. But Facebook refused to, to do anything about it. I appealed their decision to not do anything and asked for an actual human to look at the post. And they still said, nope, doesn't violate our terms of service. Oh my God. It absolutely does. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, they're not oh, going to face- do anything about it. Facebook's on my, my fucking shit like, list. Shit list these days. They keep locking me out of my account and making me send in like videos with a code in front of my face. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Like- Every other day I wake up in the mornings and I check messenger and I've got a new video from Heather and it's her just like, it's proof of life. <laughs> it's a Facebook. proof of life it's video. Just holding like the code on a post-it and like moving around to prove yeah. that she's a real person. <laughs> you have to move your head back and forth and up and down and move the code up. And forth. It is ridiculous. So number if, one. <laughs> if she has sent me one of these videos, you guys, she has sent me five of them at this point. They, Facebook hates me. What's hilarious. Okay, so the reason I have to send it to Veronica too, this this is the whole thing. So one, I have access to Facebook still on my phone. I'm locked out on the desktop account. Right, the desktop right. only version is what they keep locking me out of. I still have complete access on the phone app and through oh. Messenger on my phone. Yeah. And so they I they keep telling me to do this, the, that I've set up two-factor authentication. I actually haven't, which is the problem, but they keep locking me out. And then when you get back in, you can't set up two-factor authentication within a certain period of time after you get into a locked-in account. And you get locked out and again then I get locked the time out again. period passes. Yes. So I can't... <laughs> Struggle is so real, guys. So I have to, in order to authenticate my account, send in this proof-of-life crazy video and... I can either do it via email or through this chat that they have set up. Mm. And I did it through the chat and they sent they sent me back. <laughs> they sent me back this email that was like, here's your code to be able to log in. It's eight digits long. You know, here's five codes. Use this eight digit code, even if it says like it's only six digits or whatever. Well, they gave me one code and it was 15 digits long. <laughs> So I replied to them, what am I supposed to do with this? It's not, it, This code is 15 digits long, not eight digits. And it do, it's also doesn't work. Okay. 
So then they reply back, here's five more codes. None of those codes work. And then finally, they sent me another email and one of those codes worked. And then two days later, they locked me out again. So this, <laughs> I was doing another proof of life. The thing is, though, I can't take them with my phone. I can't take them like with my camera right. and then upload them to the email because they have a size limitation on the video that you can send to them. And my phone, I can't make it so small on my phone with such terrible quality that they need in order to fit their size limitations. So you're doing them at your desk. So yeah. So I'm doing them on Facebook Messenger, sending them to Veronica, and then saving that video and then sending it to Facebook (laughs) so that I can get back to my account. These are the hoops. You have to jump through. I am a yeah. real human Facebook. What what grinds my gears even more about Facebook is that they call me no less than 20 times a week for Girl. Facebook ad accounts. And if you answer the phone and you're like, can you unlock my account? They're like, oh, we can't help you. We don't know what you're doing. We, don't, we, can't, we can't do that for you. They're happy to help you spend more money though. Yes. What you should say is I would love to have a call with you. I have a bunch of money to spend, but you have got to help me get my account unlocked first before I can do that. Yeah, they are the opposite of helpful. That's so because, That's because the majority of their ad folks don't understand how we sell books. No, they don't. No, they don't. That's not to so, say that they're not helpful for other people selling other things, but... No, I'm sure they're very helpful for the everyday widget, you know? You know, accessories, clothes, shoes, whatever. Yeah, the like, kind of stuff you keep in kind of, your own inventory and directorship right. and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But ebooks and things like that, they Audio have books, absolutely yeah. no knowledge no on. Nope. No clue. So that's <laughs> that's my rant against Facebook. <laughs> Heather's Heather's tangent uh, on Facebook. But back to the TikTok. So another yes. potentially is it legal, is it ethical thing that we should we should talk about. Licensing agreements. Licensing agreements. Heather gave me a preview of this before we started recording today. So I I wouldn't appear completely out of the woods on this issue. Heather got a fight on book talk, y'all. I didn't get no fight, but like. She put somebody in their place. (laughs) She she stepped into the conversation. She got some pushback from some ignorant people. And she put a few people in their place. So much so that as I understand it, this entire thread no longer exists. Because (laughs) the person she was arguing with deleted their comments. Yeah, after I explained the law and she told me I was wrong and then I told her I was an attorney, she deleted the post. <laughs> so that's what happened. And I, I, mean, try listen, to, I try not to throw that around. I don't like to throw that around. But when you're telling me that I am wrong about the law when like I know I'm not. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I okay, get it. The thing about the law here. Is that the law? There's a lot of gray area in the law. You can sue over anything, right? Like you can you can sue over anything. So could this be a potential? Judge is willing to entertain anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I literally said it depends. With okay, let me go back to what it is. Let me. The answer is always it depends. It always depends. So we're talking about sprayed edges here, folks. We're going to oh, talk yeah. about spray edges. Set the table because I let me set I, the table. I jumped in too far before I we had a chance to set the table. So the question is, can a third party come in, purchase a book, MSRP, purchase a book. Directly from the author, the publisher, or a retailer. Yes. 
spray the edges of said book in a way that does not infringe upon the copyright or the intellectual property of the author. So no character art or fan art. No character art, no fan art. Let's just say we're spraying the edges black. Okay. Yes. The answer is yes. They can do that. Can they do that? Yes. Yes. And resell it. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, you fucking can. You You can can. chop that book up and turn it into decoration and frame it. And that's legal too. People do it all the time. Yeah. Now what gets into gray area is a couple things. When you start using actual intellectual property. Yes. When you start using the actual intellectual property, say you buy a copy of fourth wing unsprayed edges and you go and you spray the edges and add dragons that infringes upon the intellectual property yeah. of that book. Her, okay. Rebecca and her publisher can absolutely sue you for that. Absolutely. If you just go and you spray them, you know, gold, not infringing upon mm-hmm. the intellectual property. Right. Arguably you have to sell it when you sell it. You, I think to be strictly legal need to say that this is an unauthorized sprayed edges version of fourth wing. If we're continuing yes. to use that as an example, right? Yes. You don't have to say unlicensed cause you don't need a licensing agreement, but you need right. to make it clear that you are not the author. You mm-hmm. are not the one that has done this. Right. So as long as you're doing these things and you're not infringing upon the intellectual property, mm-hmm. if you take fourth wing and you do a very pretty flower sprayed edges, sure. not infringing. I don't think flowers have anything really to do with the book. So, you know, you can do pretty designs without infringement occurring. Mm -hmm. In this situation, what had happened was there was a creator who was doing sprayed edges. I don't know if she still is based upon all the The discussion, (laughs) but there was a person doing sprayed edges. They had apparently always said a small business that if an author did not want them to do sprayed edges, that they would not do the the sprayed edges of that author's book. So so the artist is just like voluntarily agreeing yes. not to do it if the author requests that they don't. Correct. So I guess the author had asked that if an author, the author, okay, I guess. An author. Sprayer yeah. asked the author if they could do sprayed edges of their book. Um, the author came back and said, you know, I've spoken with my agent and we really prefer that we go through and do a licensing agreement for sprayed edges, which then you have a choice to make. You can decide what you want to do and what you don't want to do. This is great agent advice, by the way, but also like, it depends. (laughs) It depends. This creator then took that email and put that author on blast on the TikTok. And was like, you know, I'm not, don't hate this author. Like I said that I'm not going to do it because this author said that she didn't, you know, want me to do it, blah, 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 blah. And so no hate the to this author. you're but- complaining about the request to not muddy the waters with respect to the author's intellectual property. Yes. Not even violate her in- her intellectual property rights. Just like maybe get a little too close to that boundary. Right. She's she just, she was upset just upset about that and putting her on blast for it. Yes. Okay. And so another creator came on and basically was saying that this sprayed edges person is being unprofessional and, you know, isn't 
being ethical and um, all of these things. And, but then she kept, she kept switching between ethical and legal, right? Like she kept, she kept coming over into whatever. Cause I was like, yeah, you can totally say that she's unprofessional. Like that's your opinion. You're, you're allowed to have your opinion about that. I don't know. Based on the way you're telling the story, I kind of have the same opinion. I mean, yeah. If you say that you're not going to, you know, if you're going to yeah. honor an author's wishes and then you don't honor the author's wishes and instead or you, you put start blast on the internet publicly about being asked to honor an author's wishes, like, yeah, like then, yeah, it's, it's not great. That doesn't look good for you. Right. That's sort of unprofessional. Also putting their whole email up on blast, whatever, mm-hmm. N- not, not the greatest thing in the world. Right. Totally legal to do. Yeah. Not very professional. Okay. But this other creator then gets into an argument with me when I say like basically the basic thing, if she's not infringing upon her intellectual property, she doesn't, and she's purchasing the books at MSRP, mm-hmm. she can spray the edges and resell them for, you know, whatever the hell she wants. You know, you can do that with pretty much any product now. And she then told me that I was wrong. And <laughs> then that's when it devolved. And I was like, well, it depends <laughs> She's like, well, what if the author has an, she's like, the author can have an exclusive, uh, an agreement for sprayed edges with someone else. That may be, but it's for an, I mean, the thing is, if you have an exclusive agreement for publishing, one, that doesn't really happen per se, but two, these are paperback copies that we're talking about. We're not talking about Kindle Unlimited exclusivity, but if you have an exclusive agreement, it's, it's a whole cover. It's a cover it's sprayed edges. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. It's not just taking the old book and spraying the edges. It's, That's it's not one very specific design that is exclusive to whatever contract you have with the right. distributor and the production, the, the printing company or whatever. Which is also why it's incredibly important if you are going to be spraying edges for the books to make it known that these are unauthorized versions, yep. that you are not the author. Because the only time that you can really get in trouble is when you're using the author's book or the author's intellectual property to sell your, your work. You are doing an additional service. The safest way to do this service, just throwing it out there for anybody who wants to get into the sprayed edges world is to have the customer send you the book that they purchased. And then they, all they are doing is purchasing the service from you to spray the edges. And then you send it back directly to that customer. That right there is some quality advice. I'm not your attorney, but that's my best advice for that situation. That yeah. takes out the whole question of you purchasing the inventory and all yeah. of that. So, there. but this then brings up, you know, people are like, oh, well, what about, you know, like Kristen Juszczyk? Because Kristen Juszczyk was upcycling Nike garments mm-hmm. to yes. make amazing jackets. Mm-hmm. She now has a licensing deal with Nike. But she couldn't sell them before this because they were too, even the announcers on the NFL were like, they thought Nike made them before they realized that Kristen made them. So that's a problem. There was confusion. If there's ever confusion like that, that the author is responsible for this sprayed edge thing, that's when you start getting into to trouble. So you have to make it very those- clear. Right. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to add for those who aren't familiar with Kristen Juszczyk and her situation. She is a fashion designer 
a very, very talented seamstress and creator slash maker who's married to uh, an NFL player. I believe her husband plays for the 49ers. I think so. Yeah. She's made a number of popular designs for WAGs, wives and girlfriends of various players, including, I believe, Simone Biles and Taylor Swift. Yes. Out there supporting their husband and boyfriend, respectively. So her designs have had to be she's she's reused Nike pieces because she's right. making she's upcycling. New, right. She's upcycling. But also she's had to be careful about how she represents the teams and the players, because until recently, she didn't have a licensing a licensing agreement with the NFL to use logos or anything else that is the intellectual property of the individual teams or the league. She was able to gift these things to people. She yes. was not able. You can always do things like this and then gift it. Yep. You are not allowed to sell it commercially. So right. she was not allowed to sell it commercially. So people were getting gifts. So mm-hmm. Taylor Swift got a gift from her and things like that. But it obviously worked. It got the attention of the NFL. And frankly, I mean, if we can just, you know, take a side note here, there are not enough women clothing presenting clothing options for nfl you know 2023 the year taylor swift introduced the nfl (laughs) to femme and women like femme presenting people and women like right there's there's not (sighs) enough options of cute clothing that people who present femininely would mm-hmm. want to wear. There just aren't. And every other professional sports league out there could take a page out of the NFL's book. 100%. 100%. So, and because of the influx of Taylor Swift Sincerely fans, an NHL fan. <laughs> and there's a lot more women yeah. who are now watching. Yeah. This has taken off in a way. It was actually like, per- it was beautifully executed, just like the, the timing of it all and all that. So the NFL was then sort of pressured to make this licensing agreement with Kristen Juszczyk in by public pressure because people wanted these products. They desperately wanted the products. And frankly, they're really cute. I got to say, like she's, they're really, she's very talented. She's very talented. They're very fucking cute. Yeah. So, you know, understandably so. But yeah, this is, she was not allowed to sell them because it had literally their their brand and their licensing all all over it. Right, right. Books are a little bit different um, because books are the the content is what is the intellectual property, mm-hmm. and then there's a separate licensing for the cover. Right. Yes. The image uh, is usually licensed by the author or the publisher, and the rights actually belong to the photographer or the designer. Right. Yeah. But when you as a consumer purchase it, you can do certain things to certain products that and then resell them mm-hmm. as long as they are not essentially being made into a new product um, that would confuse consumers to think that the author created that right. product. And you're not mm-hmm. out there using the author or the characters. Yes. Yeah, this oh, is that not, reminds me. The this woman, is not the legal woman, advice. It is a very no, this is no. our opinions we, based upon the current circumstances. Lawyers, we are not your lawyers. And, yes. and to be perfectly fair, neither one of us practiced intellectual property in no. any great measure when we were practicing. So But these are our understandings of are what it currently is. Le- learned in a very basic way, not not in, in depth. So 
your mileage may vary. But all of this <laughs> reminds me of that that lady in Florida who recently got uh, threatened with a lawsuit from, I believe, Luke Combs' legal team because she yes. was using tumblers with his face on them. Yes. She's literally using pictures of Luke and wrapping them in like these plastic tumblers like they were paper inserts or something and she's yeah. selling these designs and his legal team found out about it and and sent her a cease and desist and i think even a demand no they i mean they sued her and they had a judgment they, for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars right. because they she went ahead reply. with the lawsuit and yeah. the whole thing was a, the whole it, it was an issue of service because she claimed she didn't have notice of the lawsuit and they were actually trying to execute a judgment against her yeah that's right yeah. Because they served her via email, because apparently in Illinois, you can uh, receive me, service just, via email. I just live here. I'm not <laughs> licensed here. I know. But that is, that was the issue in that particular case. But that, yeah. And then Luke came out and was like, I didn't know anything about this. It's totally okay. And right. I'm like, and my first response was, Luke, my guy, what are you doing? Good PR response. Terrible legal no. response. Well, Right. Right. From a legal because, perspective, not the smartest move on his part, but also like nice guy points, right? Sure. But he just watered down his trademark. The well, Phillies coming now. out of me. Um, <laughs> he just, what's the, what's the level now? What, what, what did he do, Heather? He did what to his trademark? <laughs> yeah. He watered it down. <laughs> this is. I'm punchy at this point. It's all good. Um, but I, yeah. that It's a, that's a problem because now literally anybody that they try to sue my first defense would be, well, Luke has come out publicly and said that this level of infringement is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And he, um, he does not require the actual trademark protection available to him. He has turned right. the other way on one case. He set the standard. Mm-hmm. It's a free for all now for creators to do whatever they want to with his brand. Right. He said that they were only looking at millions of people who are making millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. off of his likeness. I'm not make. I'm only making five hundred thousand dollars off of his likeness, yep. so yep. I don't. I don't qualify. Or fifty thousand for that matter. Or even still 50, a lot of money whatever. Most of us. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just yeah. Right. So you have to be very careful with these things. So I understand the authors wanting to come out and say, "Hey, can we have a licensing agreement?" Listen, best course of action. Get a licensing agreement. But do you need one to do just straight up sprayed edges? No, you technically don't. Well, and you, you can do whatever don't. you want to to your own individual books. Oh, of course. Of course. So, I mean. You want to put character art all over them and you're not going to resell them? Have fun. Yeah. You know? Put a Have a good time. Yeah, I want to see that when you're done with it. Just don't make money off of it. Yeah. If you're making money. You cannot use right. the brand or the intellectual property of the brand. Like, for example, I mean, we are we are essentially booksellers now on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, we have a right. TikTok shop and we are selling books on TikTok shop. We could have just purchased the books, whatever books we wanted, directly from Ingram Sparks. We could have gone in there, created a, a bookseller account and purchased sure. the books from Ingram Sparks. And then the author would have received a royalty at that particular point. We then get to go add a markup to it and resell it and can do it whatever we want. However, we wanted to work directly with authors because we wanted to ensure that the author is receiving the most amount of royalty possible. Yeah. And it's really bad about not doing that. Just saying they don't, they don't get great royalties. So 
we are working directly with authors. We have our own licensing agreement, royalty rates in place with the authors, and uh, we can sell their books for them. They receive a certain royalty uh, for the sale of each book. Um, And if I created any products that had their like intellectual property on it, they would be receiving a royalty from those products as well. So this, you know, that's how it works when you're working directly with authors and how it should, frankly should work. It's the cleanest business practice. Yep. You know, could I have gone and started spraying edges of books and resold? Yeah, I could have, but I'm not going to do that. Heather's out here doing things the ethical way. I, I do my best, man. I try. But my point is I can be doing things one way because I, this is the way I like to do business. But I recognize that it's not necessarily required. I just feel, I just feel like it should be. I feel like that's well, the no. Way it should I mean, be. you know what I mean. Well, like, and, and when it comes to ethics, everything is a little bit subjective when there are no actual like regulating bodies or government right. entities that have set rules for everyone that, to abide by. And that, I mean, that that's the situation we're in in the publishing world. It goes back to the beginning. There is no governance of being ethical in I, our industry. Uh, uh, and and that goes for what we do too. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to dump my purse all over the doormat here, but I, the number of things that we have seen other people and companies that do promotions and marketing support for authors oh, get yeah. away with or attempt to get away with that are ethically questionable hundred percent. I mean, I could write a book. Yeah. Yeah. We've been in this industry. I started in this industry and doing work for authors in late 2015. The company was formed in 2016. Yeah. Or when I realized I it was a company. I joined in early 2017. Yeah. We've, we've been at we've it for been, a minute. We've been at it for a minute. We have seen things. We have seen things. And yeah, it's, it's wild. So, so please act ethically, but recognize that not everybody's going to. So you can either do the camp, you know, can't beat them, join them situation or, you know, do, I always tell authors to do what makes them feel most comfortable. And that's what I like to do. Like I said, I prefer to do licensing agreements. I, it just, it makes I can live with myself. I can look at myself in the mirror in the morning. But I also recognize that not everybody has the same sort of internal requirements. And that's fine. But this is how I choose to live my life and run my business. So you're out there. If you're out there lacking a moral compass, you too can plagiarize or, you know, as long as you don't get caught. Use AI, steal images that you might otherwise want to license, use other people's characters or author brands to make your own money, but you're running a really big risk. Yeah. The penalties are are pretty steep. If you get caught and somebody sues you. Right. That's, that's, can be disastrous for your business. Or if you do something that's not ethical and you get called out for it and you get a whole backlash, that can also be really destructive to your business. How many authors have we seen disappear into the ether because they got busted just for stealing from other authors? Yeah. So many. So many. So 
Be safe out there, my friends. Yes. <laughs> it is the wild, wild west of publishing. Yeah. And and also remember that just because it's permissible doesn't necessarily mean it's ethical, but also there's a big difference between what's legal and what's and, ethical. Right. Thank you for joining us today. This has been and don't don't tell Heather she's wrong in an argument. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh.